Hey, yo, check one, two. This is Flavor Flav, and I don't disappear fast. Because right now, you are watching the Paltrowcast. Paltrowcast. It's the Paltrowcast now with Darren Paltrowitz. Get ready to listen to your favorite artists. It's great to see three people working on a show who actually enjoy each other. Has this always been the case, or was there? You missed there it. I was you? trying to choke Amber right before you came. <laughs> Amber, is that it's true? So toxic. It's a very toxic environment. Um, I need to speak with HR. HR. No, it's great. It's amazing. We're we very good friends. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Well, I'll throw the first generic question at Amber, and I'll say, "How much of the character is there in Amber, the human being?" Oh, um, a lot. Uh, Whitney and Amber are very similar in the way that they move through um, the room, the way that they are as friends. You know, I think that I'm a pretty good friend. I think Whitney shows up for her friends in the same way. I think that she cares. Whitney cares um, maybe a little bit too much about what other people think. So she doesn't ask for help too, for too, uh, too often. She wants to be successful in all ways. And I can relate to that. Um, but I certainly also have a really great group of girlfriends that I lean on, uh, regularly, uh, just like Whitney does in order to keep me afloat. Mm, Corbin, how do you compare to what you just heard Amber say? With my friends? With your friends, with your character, the great balance, the greatness, etc. Um, you were also great. I am we're also, both- <laughs> we're both great. No, I think we're both I think we're both fiercely honest, but it comes from a place of love. It's when we're being honest, it's to make the person get the best deal or be better or make an improvement that's going to like make their life better. I think we both treat our friends like their family um, because out of necessity, but also just out of choice. Um, and I think we're both ambitious. I think we both want the best that life has to offer and, um, you know, dive into those ventures head first, which usually has a good outcome, but can be a little, get a little banged up on the way, you know? (laughs) Well, if you were on a show called run the world and you weren't ambitious, wouldn't that be kind of incorrect? An oxymoron. (laughs) (laughs) And then last but not least, the character, the greatness, fill me in, please. Well, I think Renee and myself, Brisha, uh, we we're we're pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> my middle name is Renee, so I think it was written for me. Oh, uh, I had a Chihuahua. It says a Chihuahua in heels was the description. I'm pretty extra in real life, very animated. So I think Renee and the way that she navigates through life is kind of similar she takes a lot more bolder choices than me she kind of just goes for it and apologizes or doesn't apologize for it ever but uh <laughs> I'm not like that I actually take a little you know I took more, account- more, yeah, accountability. more accountability thank god <laughs> but um uh, Renee is very just headstrong and does what she wants and you know a lot like her friendship you know, her girlfriend show up for her. And I'm grateful that I have amazing friends that show up for me. You know, there's a lot of things that happen in the season where 
we all have things going on in our lives, our family situations, our career, our love life. And there are big, big things that happen. And we have to have friends that hold us up so we won't lose our minds, (laughs) you know? So it's great that we all can have those moments. But the coincidence that you mentioned about Renee being your middle name, not the only cast member where that happens with like Tosin, Ola is somehow in his name, uh-huh. Ben is yeah. playing Jason. So there's a lot of kismet with what happened with the casting. Yeah. Yeah. They, ca- they cast it well. <laughs> they cast us. We're friends. We play Monopoly Deal. We're all at each other's weddings and things. Yep. Like It's real. The chemistry is definitely real. <laughs> Did you say you play Monopoly? Monopoly, Monopoly deal, deal to be specific. The it's card the card version of Monopoly. If you don't know about it, get on oh. that train. Yeah. It is so okay. fun. And now it goes the wife and I play Monopoly. video game Monopoly, but Monopoly. Oh. oh. It's Monopoly it's, Deal. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> okay. How many it's people hard. can play at a time? So many. Uh well, one deck of cards is is two to five players. <laughs> but then you can get more decks and you could just play with more friends. You know, you might stay friends with these people. You might have an argument or fight, but you're all going to come back. It's a great game. game. It's so fun. It's so fast and strategy forward. You're just, just taking people. We also played a lot of Bananagrams on set. A lot of Bananagrams. Yeah, not not this one, but we also love Bananagrams. We like games. (laughs) Yeah, we like games. That was always like, Bananagrams. Do you know Bananagrams? Most of these junkets I do, I find out that there's an ongoing text thread that never ends, but I never hear about game nights. This has to be the first cast that I've spoken yep. with that does game nights. Someone needs to put us on their game show because we would be so obnoxious and fun. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. so competitive. The movie Air, the movie Air, I read an ar- article that all yep. of the cast would love to play games and they were on a text thread and they all would link up just to play games. You have so much time on set, you know, when they're setting up the camera and setting up the lights. And it's just fun to have something like that to help, like, interact and pass yeah. the time so everyone's not just sitting there on their phones. Like, it's mm-hmm. a fun Thing to do. But we also did a murder mystery night at my house. I oh, like yeah. to bring all the games. Number is the, Amber, like the game. I'm the game master. Yeah, the game master. <laughs> the hostess with the mosses. <laughs> okay, I so my last, my last question before I let you go, when you're playing Bananagrams and you want to take the next tile, do you say peel? Yes, yes you have to. Yeah. Okay. I didn't That's know your last play. question? <laughs> well, besides, hey, what else are you working on and what's the social media to check out? I mean, I, I think that we've crossed this bridge here that if I'm not <laughs> game night, like something's, something's wrong, right? Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Well, awesome. well, either way, honestly, great season. Congratulations to all of you. Thank and looking you. forward to all your future projects. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Outrocast. Plus everything. Hello, we are P1 Harmony. And you're watching the Paltrocast. Woo! Outro Erica, absolute pleasure Aaron, with you today. My pleasure. You're looking good. No, you're looking good. And by the way, uh, looking at your IMDb, uh, the thing that you're playing Coraline in, I spoke earlier with Leslie Uggams. So looking yes. to do that in, in that role. But you work nonstop. But let's be honest. Run the world is the best thing you work on. <laughs> let's be honest. Let's start there. Yes, I agree, Darren. Yes. So, Barb, how much of Barb is there in you, the human being? A lot. I mean, um, she's with women who are becoming and they're millennials and they're trying to figure it out. And uh, Barb has arrived. I've arrived long ago. When I look at them, I think about living single and the path that we were on then 
um, younger than them, actually. And I know um, some of the things they're thinking about, not just as characters, but as actors. I also know how far there is to go, and I want them to stay uh, optimistic and hopeful, but also dig in, work hard, and haul ass. So, yeah, I love it. It's cool to see how many people on this show have worked together on other shows. Like, you're not the only person who's on Black Lightning, to say the least. So, <laughs> what was your gateway into this role? Uh, was it a traditional audition, or you knew a producer? I knew a producer. So, Yvette Lee Bowser is the woman who created Living Single, and she gave me a call one day and said, you know, there's this role. And um, I was gratified that she thought of me. It was really wonderful to read and see how fantastic it was. Even better to get on set and meet everybody, not just the cast, but the crew, to be in Harlem, to work. And I haven't worked in New York since the Cosby Show, frankly. And so that was a very long time ago. And I'm really gratified that there I was as an adult in that mm -hmm. space, talking to them and running the world. So that was wonderful. The magic words, living single. I That was honestly one of my favorite sitcoms growing up and now people can't stop talking about living single all the memes of hey there wouldn't have been friends without living single <laughs> when did you start hearing that that comparisons of people going oh yeah friends did kind of copy living single you know, it started actually very early on because there was a time we were called My Girls and um, then they, they focus tested the name and it, they decided that it wasn't the name they wanted. But when we came back to film the season after the pilot, they had a list of names. And John Hinton tells a story that the executives came over and were talking about the names and one of them was Friends and the other one was Living Single. They chose Living Single for us and the next, you know, the, word, the, the thing is history. We've had this conversation a long time because of the similarities and that's not right. a bad thing. You know, we, we build on each other's work as people in this business. It just happened to be that we were both produced by the same uh, production company. So then it really stuck and became a very big mythology. There you go. Well, last question I have for you before I let you go, and this is a compliment here. Obviously, you've worked steadily as an actress, also mm -hmm. producer, writer, director, and all that. But I hear your voice, and I go, she either should be doing voiceovers or <laughs> on the sly is doing voiceovers. Which one is it? Neither. I'm wondering, and there you got to tell me why. I'm wondering, is it too specific that people think that they won't lose themselves in it. I have no idea, but come no. get me voiceover people. Cause I'm like waiting for Disney and all these people. I've always been told I sound like a little boy or an old woman. I'm down for either. Let's do no, it. You, you either have the best microphone that I've heard this week, or you just have that vocal timber and we need to be hearing you on bank commercials and car commercials. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. Oh, thank you. You might've just given me some, some extra money to pay utilities. I love you for that. Thank you for powering through. Listen, I gotta give props to my preacher father, who was a Kojic preacher, and my, my teacher mother, who used their voices their whole life, but also my training in theater, which told me to support from the diaphragm and that it mattered to resonate and to use it vocally to music, musically. I love music. I grew up in Arizona, up in the mountains, Doobie Brothers, uh, Stevie Wonder, everything that I'm down with, and also gospel and everything. And to me, being vocal is to be musical. So thank you so much. It's one of my best compliments I ever got. Thank you. Oh flatter well hey congratulations on your work on this show really looking forward to whatever's next including that show with leslie you got coming up oh for sure i can't wait for it i love it and yes look out for that awesome have a great rest of the day erica take care Ciao. yes you too Outrocast. hey steve trevino here and you are watching the paltrocast Outrocast.
Jay, Tosin, Tosin, Jay. I don't know what the correct order is right there. <laughs> first throw to Tosin and say, Tosin, how much of your character is there in you and the human being? And how are you today? Oh, man, I'm well. Thank you so much for asking. You're the yeah, first person you to ask. You are the first person to ask. <laughs> um, and I'm not going to ask you how you are. So that's not returning <laughs> the favor. Um <laughs> No, I, uh, I, we've talked about this before, like, we feel very much like there's a lot of alignment between our characters and ourselves. I mean, for starters, my character is a first generation Nigerian, I'm a first generation Nigerian. My character is a doctor, my father is a doctor, I come from a line of doctors. And, and also just in terms of like being somebody who's highly principled, Ola is, is someone who has been an incredible supportive partner throughout the relationship. And then all of a sudden he's got this drop, this bomb dropped on him of his, his fiance cheating right before the wedding. Right. And he reacts harshly, but also with like really measured uh, certainty about what he, about how offended he is. And I'm like, I would react kind of the same way because I, I know what it's like to have those, that, that strength of belief of, of what you're, what you're all about. And so, so there's a lot of similarities. I don't think I'd be as mean, but I'd be close. <laughs> a totally different character than, say, Apollo on Everything's Trash. Oh, so, my God. Yeah. That, that's, that's 100% a different character. And that guy hardly has hardly has a brain. So it, it was <laughs> it's great to get to play somebody who's just like a hilarious, um, you know, um, kind of caricature on Everything's Trash. And then to be over here and to play someone who's got uh, a kind of a three-dimensionality like that. Well, Jay, unoriginal, same question at you, but then I'm going to pair that with, have you ever encountered Jason Ross, the musician slash TV producer? There's a Jason Ross musician? Yeah, he was TV he was producer. the singer of the band Seven Mary Three, who were pretty big in the mid-90s, but now he's this big producer. But if you say, hey, I love your work in Seven Mary Three, he goes, I hate that. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> No, I didn't know that. I'm gonna have to look him up. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look him up. Uh, what was remind me of the the question that you answered <laughs> so eloquently? Okay, so we'll scrap that first part. We'll say first, how much of Jason Ross, the human being, is there in you? And then we'll pair that with as the pioneer of the six seven uh, six seven. I can't speak to the six second cover. Uh, oh wow, that's a deep cut. Well, have you and your co-star ever, you know, done? anything along those lines on the uh, so to to explain yeah that's from vine that's from the vine days i started a oh. trend called six second cover where i was just like sing a song for yeah. six seconds wow and sean mendez ended up using that same hashtag and look at him now uh, <laughs> so i'm taking credit that. here right now for sean wow. mendez the vine. Vine was <laughs> essentially if you were going to cliff notes what vine was you'd go well, there was Jay and there was Will Sasso and then nothing else happened. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. You were such a big Vine star. I it, was, it was a moment. It was a moment. That was really fun. Uh, yeah. But to answer your first question, me yeah. and Jason are, we are very, very similar. Uh, I think with a, in a different set of circumstances uh, and choices, me and Jason are, are nearly nearly the same <laughs> just different life path and it also you know as the story continues the i think writers tend to start to write towards you so i i, I don't know how drastic it happened but i think over the course of season two they do become more like us versus 
season one where we were playing them and now they've become us they've become us it's yeah. kind of interesting well follow-up to that was the character originally named jason and it's a coincidence that somebody named jay was casting the role completely completely uh the creator of the show actually had a friend named jason i believe that uh or or he was this character was based on uh, a few of her friends that 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 she knew and so, it. so and not a go, tony danza thing where every role you play is tony, is tony. <laughs> yeah. and to go even farther than that my character ola that yeah. name is a nigerian name and my last name tosin Morinfala, has ola at the end of it so mm. i am there's my name is also in my character's name there's just some weird i never even thought of that yeah there's some that's cool weird... we, we have just scratched the surface of how interesting you two are but i'm looking forward to both of your future projects and congrats on this great new season of the show thank, thank you so you. much this was a lot of fun appreciate you yeah the pleasure was all mine back to the writer's room back to the right all right <laughs> get him out of here hey this is eric nelson and you're watching the paltrow cast Leah, besides having to do press where they ask you the same questions over and over and over again, good day for you so far? It's a great day. Yeah, I'm spending it with my close girlfriend, Sandy, who's doing work with her. And she's hearing me answer the same questions in probably similar ways. <laughs> that is a patient friend and props to your friend. But we were set up to talk about mercy. How much of Michelle is there in you, the real human being, Leah Gibson? Oh my goodness, that's that. Uh, we're jumping right in, huh? I, I mean, I, I'd love to talk about Van Halen and stuff like that if, if you're cool. <laughs> I probably would not be the most engaging. Uh, okay, so yeah, we'll have to talk about your new movie, Sorry. <laughs> Mercy, yes, uh, in select theaters tomorrow, Friday, uh, May 12th. Yes. Michelle Miller plays a woman with a painful past and a special set of skills who is forced to go to extreme measures and protect her son when an Irish mafia takes hostage the hospital she's working at. So she's a woman that comes in with a lot of inner demons that mm -hmm. she's trying to avoid, trying to run away from essentially, and also at the same time trying to do the best that she can and love her son through a healthy life. So she's forced to have to kind of rely on her special set of skills mm -hmm. that, she's, that she has tried to avoid embracing again um, when danger is set upon being in the environment. A lot of buzzwords about strength right there. So obviously you can play the strong person seeing your work on Manifest and the many shows that you've been a part of. I, I would give you, if I can give you a nickname, I'd call you the queen of the multi-episode story arc. Is that fine? That's okay. There's so many great shows where you're on three to seven episodes, you get in and then you get out of the show before it gets bad. <laughs> I mean, if it were to get there. But... That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, probably five episodes is like the sweet spot, but you're you're very correct. You're, you're you very leave correct. them wanting more. I think that's oh. what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yes, we can go with that. I can work with that. <laughs> so with Mercy, where was it filmed? Was it filmed in Vancouver? It was filmed in Vancouver, yeah. Yeah. Got it. I'm finding more films than not are filmed in Vancouver these days, which is where you're originally from. I am originally from Victoria, BC. So I moved to Vancouver and, and started building my, my film career there. Um, I, I worked in Vancouver for about 11 years until I transitioned to LA. 
Got yeah, it. But of course, it's, I, I have worked quite a bit since, even back in Vancouver. Do you remember when you had that realization that there was more movies being made in British Columbia than Los Angeles? I mean, that was never really a secret. Like you kind of knew that that's what would happen, right? It's, it was more about, um, for me, it was about wanting to kind of fly the coop a bit and uh, kind of expand my opportunities in other ways. But I was never under the impression that I wouldn't be returning. <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, reading, if, if Wikipedia and the different things that I read are true, that you come from a dance background and that led to a touring theater company and then everything kind of shut down unexpectedly for you. What is it that basically made you go, I'm going to keep pushing through this no matter how low it gets? Oh, that's a question I could probably check in with myself about, you know, a few times over the last 18 years, for sure. Just a few. Uh, yeah, just a few. <laughs> um, it's certainly, uh, you know, it's a, it's a very alive career trajectory. And, you know, to the best of my ability, you can try to have goals that are important ideas for you to accomplish. Mm -hmm. but ultimately, there are a lot of things that can be out of our control as performers. Um, so, so when I check in on that question a few times throughout the last 18 years, it has to be about, do I still love this? What, what's my why? And my why is absolutely answered in the yes, I do still love it. I love so much about it. And at the same time, I have also found value in myself in being able to determine what are the aspects of it that I love so much and being able to, you know, allow myself to be innovative about different avenues of creativity and self-expression that aren't totally reliant on the industry. Hmm. Um, and that's that's been a healthy and sustainable practice for me. In your case, is part of the long-term plan producing and directing? I would say more writing, writing and producing. Um, I would never say never to directing, but at the same time, I've worked with such, you know, wonderful creatives that are directorial visionaries, and mm -hmm. they come with with a wealth of experience and knowledge and, and a capacity to reference past works. And admittedly, if I'm being fully transparent, my, my hook into entering this industry was not, and I can slap my fingers for this, but it was not about a devotion to, to cinema. It was not about loving cinema that I wanted to, you know, recreate this movie or that movie. It was that I loved, I loved that type of self-expression and, and creativity hmm. for myself. I loved acting. I loved embodying character. I loved intellectualizing words on a page and attuning to the archetype of that character and embodying that energy. It, it, and so of course, you know, the, the hook for me was stage and being able to experience that type of energetic transmission and then entering film and TV world where it's even much more dialed in and intimate sometimes. In so if I can paraphrase what you're saying, the performance is your favorite part of the whole thing, not the glitz, the glamour, the press days. Oh yeah. 
Not that this isn't fun too. <laughs> not, not that I'm not the greatest interviewer that you've spoken with today or anything like that, but uh, Mercy again is what we were connected to talk about. And are you allowed to say what's coming up next for you or is it all Mercy all the time forever and ever? No, there are a few things coming up down the pipeline. Um, so Mercy premieres in select theaters on Friday, uh, May 12th, and then it will be streaming May 19th and on demand June 2nd. Um, I'll also be in a Paramount Plus film called The Painter, starring, starring Charlie Weber. That's coming up in the next couple of months. Um, I'll be in a film called Winner, um, which is on the real-life whistleblower reality winner, phenomenal story, written by the New Yorker journalist Carrie Howley. This Celia Jones, um, Zach Galifianakis, Catherine Newton, and Connie Britton. And so that'll be out in a few months as well, as well as season two of Joe Pickett, which will be streaming on Paramount Plus June 2nd. Wow, that is a variety of projects, a, a bunch of hard to pigeonhole things. Like we can't go, well, it's another Leah Gibson project. So therefore <laughs> expect her to be screaming. Like we, we don't know, but with, with this particular film, Mercy though, you are the focal point of the box cover, of the poster, of the, of the still. Did you know that all along that you would be so prominently featured? Uh, ha had an idea, yes. So congratulations on that. Do you have all sorts of mock-ups of the artwork around the, the home that <laughs> for the Wall of Fame? I don't. For the Wall of Fame of myself? Well, I find that, that, one of those. Is that that's probably a good thing, right? Is that a good thing? I find that performers go kind of two ways. One is that they can walk you around the home and go, this is my wall of fame, my hall of fame. This is everything I've done. Other people you'd have no idea an entertainer lives in the home. That might be me. That might be more me. Yeah, I, I have more crystals than pictures of myself. Um, if, there, if there's one thing that I have a hard time hurting with, it's call sheets. I like to hold on to my, like on my, on my fridge. Let's see, what do I have in my fridge? I have an old call sheet from Manifest, which was a few years ago, obviously, but it was still, you know, like it was my lines highlighted and, you know, it just makes me feel. And I also have a love note from, from Isabella Rossellini uh, when I worked with her a few years ago. But anyway, I do have a hard time parting with my call sheets. But other than that, like, I'm not going to be framing posters. Yet. Yet. Not even my parents really do that. <laughs> Well, the last question I have before I let you guys nothing to do with Mercy, it's you the human being. Um, what's the last concert that you went to for fun? Last concert I went to for fun. Um, um what was it? Alanis Morissette. Was that uh, in Canada or LA? It was at the Hollywood Bowl. Because I would imagine an Alanis concert in Canada is a different vibe. It's more of a hometown pride thing, whereas sure. LA, it's we came to hear the hits. But Alanis is like so, she's a global goddess. She is like not the Canadian girl. Oh, like, she is. The first two or three albums were only popular in Canada. And there were that Janet Jackson dance pop thing that she kind of pretends like never happened. I do remember that she had like the shoulder pads and like yes. the square earrings and like the really big hair. I do. Yeah. So that's, yeah, a jagged little pill. Come on, she's a global goddess after jagged. A Broadway play and all that. Well, Leah, thank you for your time. Looking forward to everything that's to come and really just keep up all the greatness out there. Thank you so much. So nice to talk.
Paltrocast. Hey, my name is Ms. Dreedree, and you guys are watching the Paltrocast. Paltrocast. Yo, what's up? Justin Sane here from Anti-Flag, and you're watching the Paltrocast. Take it easy. Peace. Paltrocast. What's up? This is J-Dog from Hollywood Undead and Ramshead Cannabis, and you're watching the Paltro Podcast. Boom. Paltrocast. Hi, everybody. This is Marty Stewart, and you're listening to the Paltrocast. Paltrocast. Yo, what's up? This is Tari and you're watching the Paltrocast. Paltrocast.